Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Talica, back with yet another episode of the show. We are nearing the end of the run, as I'm sure I've said a million times at the start of these episodes. And as we get closer to the finale, in some ways, of the show is going to continue, uh, of the original run of all Metallica studio songs at the time of us putting this podcast to wax, we're going through all these little mini finales, really, where all the albums are wrapping up. And you may have already noticed on the channel, we've done like a uh, Ride the Lightning compilation, we've got a Death Magnetic one that I'm editing now, probably be out uh, on the main channel by the time this drops as well so we're closing up shop on so many of these records and today is uh, perhaps with the hardest heart i'm announcing that this is the last lulu episode we are done with the record today we're doing the view maybe one of the more palpable songs from the record um certainly the most memed song i think even if you haven't heard it you'll know the chorus and we'll get to the chorus shortly uh if you're new to the show this is myself and a guest from around the world going into metallica's back catalog and dissecting uh, celebrating decrying damning examining bringing to the light you know a lot of these things never really get talked about including the view even though i played it a few times live whatever it's it's on lulu so it's an obscure as fuck track just before we get to the guest and today's song, please follow us at MetallicaPod on Twitter, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show and discuss something. If you enjoy the show and you want to give back to the show, there's many ways you can do that. You can obviously just tell a friend, uh, subscribe on our platforms on YouTube, uh, head over to Spotify, leave us a review on iTunes, please, um, and go over and see what people have written as well. I've got some really uh, positive, friendly, encouraging reviews over there. Um, uh, Patreon as well, of course. How could I forget Patreon? If you uh, want to give back there, you get access to the RSS feed, and basically all the episodes go on there first. So stuff like the compilation episodes, these episodes, um, you may have noticed the series, Metallica's Every Support Band. I'm working on the second volume now. That's basically covering from the Reload Tour up to now, the first edition, uh, going all the way back from Tank uh, on the Bang the Head That Doesn't Bang Tour up until, um, I think I just just before Monster Magnet on the Garage Inc. stuff. So, um, yeah, that's on the channel. Go back through the channel, check it all out. Today I'm joined by someone who we've discussed four songs before. I think it's tied record for uh, most returning guest. Kevin, how's it going? Going good as as always, my friend. Good to be back on, though, you know. Maybe the listeners don't want me, but I w- I'm glad to be back. <laughs> no one listens to the Lulu episodes, so... Yeah, know, exactly. Uh, least, safe. least downloaded, but uh, no, it's always good to have you back on. And obviously, there is a bit of an elephant in the room. At the time of us recording this, the news has broke about James returning to rehab, and it is just you know, such an awful, tragic occurrence, and we're all hurting as fans, and... I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but what have you been? What have been your thoughts on this whole this whole news thing? I mean, it's probably common for everybody, just sort of at first surprise, and then mm. probably a little bit of sadness, and then well wishes. I hope. I mean, that was kind of my progression of emotions. You go, oh, that's that's awful, but I'm glad he's getting the help he needs. So, you know, however long it takes, you know, we'll be glad to have him back whenever that's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's just kind of, um, you know, you go you go onto the forums and you see the outpouring and, and, and the well-wishers and stuff like that, and it, and it really is quite, quite buoying, and yeah, we don't really know too much bar the press release that we've gotten from the boys, I don't really care to pry, to be honest, that's their, their, their personal stuff, but um, yeah, obviously sending all the best to James. Now, we have covered a Lou Reed track before, Little Dog. And I said to you before we went on air, I don't really even fucking remember the song, even though I listened to it for a podcast episode, made notes, recorded a half-hour chat. So I must have asked you this question before, but excuse me. Um, You and Lou Reed, like, are you much of a fan of the guy? Do you know his back catalogue well, or...? 
I I don't. I mean, I know the name Velvet Underground, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know he's very influential. It's just one of those things I haven't gotten into. You know, maybe it's just not the right time in my life for that to occur. But you know, I do know the name and very talented guy. That would be incredible if the next six months she texts me like, yo, yo, I'm a giant Lou Reed stan now. Like Lou Reed over Metallica, like every because I'll go through his Wikipedia. He's got a real out there, like you know, he's got kind of more traditional um, walk on the wild side, quite accessible hipster rock, and then he's got stuff like this, and then he's got like new age spiritual enlightened, and you, you, you know, the guy is uh, the guy is all over the place. But would you agree that maybe the view? if you were to try and get a Metallica song into Lulu, this might be one of the songs you play. This is a bit more tangible, perhaps, than some of the more um, you know, experimental discursions on the album. Yeah, for sure. I mean, besides Lou Reed essentially speaking poetry or lyrics, however you want to look at it, over the over the riff, like you kind of get a, a heavy death magnetic or mm-hmm. beyond magnetic sort of feel, you know, as far as Metallica goes. And then I thought James's... Uh, you know, performance of the lyrics, his singing was pretty uh, classic Metallica. Yeah. So if you want to go that route, this is probably a good good one to choose. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the second track of Lulu. And, you know, we get these kind of heavy, splashy drums for a moment, giving way to that riff that you mentioned before, that sludgy riff that I love. I mean, there's lots of space in it. It reminds me a little bit in terms of the Metallica DNA, maybe something like a Devil's Dance. It's kind of got that, like, smug evil, that arch to it. And it just works perfectly. There's, you know, there's so much room, really, for Lou to fill it. But just as a riff in of itself, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you you thought of Devil's Dance because that's a pretty much what I thought. I was like, this sounds familiar. It sounds like something I've heard before, but a little bit different. And, you know, kind of surprised you liked it, but (laughs) (laughs) good to hear. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like the way it pulled down, you know, that now, now, like, you know, you can't, it just, yeah, I just couldn't, I knew it was like summing and yeah, Devil's Dance was there. And I've got got to admit, this works in this environment. The guitar sounds awesome as well. And as I say, it's quite a traditional song in a sense in that there are kind of three separate parts. There's a clear chorus where Hetfield's singing that gives way to it. And, I, you know, I, I like the, I don't know about you, I like the kind of dissonance between the um, the incoherent babblings of Lou and then just the sheer power <laughs> metal of, of Hetfield. I think it's a good contrast. I, I don't think I'm quite as on board with the dissonance as you are. I mean, I'm also one of those people that, you know, thinks Dream No More isn't really my thing, even though a bunch of people like it. And that has sort of that dissonant quality to it as well. So it's just a preference thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with this riff taking place, there is also a second guitar, as of a lot of Lulu, it's kind of like little washes of feedback kind of flitting in between the mix. And just, I will say the sound of Lulu is awesome. Like all four of the guys, they just, they sound, they sound really hungry and snarling, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of a little weird to me because some you don't get as much of that especially from james nowadays he pretty much sings real clean most of the time you don't get a whole lot of that gravel and grit in his voice but they seem to have sort of like an intensity in the background there which i really appreciate to be honest yeah and um i mean the 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 lyrics for themselves from lou sometimes you find stuff that's that's somewhat profound in a way like you know um something about conquering yeah the challenge that our youth must quickly conquer and stuff like that um sitting upon the pin of lust which is kind of a potent poetic image in a way don't you think yeah that one was 
probably my favorite as far as like lyrics and imagery in there, you know, angels dancing on the head of a pin and sort of a callback to that. But I thought that one was clever. A bunch of it, though, is just maybe I'm not smart enough to get into Lou Reed's headspace. And that's probably (laughs) (laughs) probably the best way to look at it is I I will not share that headspace. So a bunch of it doesn't make sense. No, no. Yeah. So much of it to me. Yeah. Is just kind of psychobabble, really, that I have no clue on. And it doesn't help that he's not. He's not like in this kind of Allen Ginsberg, Bob Dylan beat poet, like really confident with it. Like he's a bit reticent himself. He sounds a bit dislocated mentally, but it all comes together as he repeats. Um, what is it? He repeats the um, for, for worship someone who actually despises you. And then Hetfield charges in with, I am the root, I am the pro. Like, this bit, I just have a smile on my face. Like, I love hearing him in lead singer chorus mode, you know? Absolutely. And I was doing some reading on this and, and this song in particular. And Lou Reed was telling him, like, you have to believe it. You have to believe in what you're, you know, singing. So I guess James really did get into it because it's a really, you know, he's got that Hetfield power there where, you know, maybe he didn't have to, you know, per se. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the, uh, the, the chiascaro, the, the light and shade, you know, because Lou is so dense and enigmatic and quite manic when james comes in it, it just sounds all the better for it um and you know kevin it, it's it's 2019 i mean it was 2011 but it, it's 2019 uh we live in a new landscape of identity and appropriation and james <laughs> has chosen to be identified as a table that's right you know it doesn't have to be gender or sex it could be none of the above it could be furniture you, yeah you can be a table yeah. you can be useful bits of furniture around your house so James says, I am the table quite a few times. You know, um, just before we were on air, I was watching the live performance of them doing this on the 30th anniversary. My girlfriend was in the room. And she was like, did he just say, I am the table? And I was like, yeah, he just said, I am the table. I still don't understand what, what, what he actually means, though. It, do you understand the meaning of him saying that? Or I have zero clue what no. it means. And I tried to find it. And some people are alluding to like the table at the Last Supper and okay. things like that. But I, I think people are just making it up. He says, I am the tablet earlier. That's and right. It's followed by these 10 stories, which you kind of get a 10 commandments sort of feel. But as far as I am the table, I got nothing on that. One. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. And, and these themes of, of kind of worship play through the song as well. And, uh, you know, maybe that is compounding it. But um, it is quite weird to see. And obviously there's been thousands of memes about this. And I think I remember, like, the first or second Lulu episode we did on... Because I don't really know Lulu that well. Like, what I said before I did Alpha Talic was I'll kind of listen to it in real time. And I did kind of cheat and listen ahead or whatever, so I knew this song before. But I remember I was doing it with maybe John Sturm or something, and he was like, oh, you know that James is the table and stuff like that in the first Lulu track. And um, there's loads of pictures of, like, mahogany wood with James's face in it. And I don't know if you've seen that thing online where, like, um, he speaks about the memes and stuff and how much he likes it. I have not seen that. Yeah. That would be hilarious. It, he has. He seems to have a good sense of humor, so if he's not on board with that, you know, that would probably be a little weird to see all those memes and not be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And he, he still makes it work. Like, as hokey as it is, he does sound authoritative, and he does sound, uh, you know, quite powerful. And then I especially like towards the end when he's just like, I am, I am, I am, just keeps chanting that. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of St. Anger a little bit, but I actually liked it this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the final throaty one as well is pretty insane. Like, he's really kind of, you know, throwing his voice out there. And uh, what do you make of the guitar underneath the chorus? 
I really like the guitars throughout. I mean, the riff can get a little repetitive throughout, you know, five, nearly five and a half minutes. But, you know, once they kick into the chorus, it changes a little bit. And then you get some stuff from Kirk, which is kind of bluesy white noise. But mm-hmm. I actually enjoy it maybe because it's, you know, a change of pace yeah. from about three minutes or so of the same sort of riff. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I mean, you know, as we always say on the show, the Lulu songs follow a very familiar pattern of a riff that's really too good to be on the album low-key, like, you know, something that really works, something you can stamp your colours to, and then it goes on a little bit too long and and, and Lou kind of uh, burbles, perhaps, uh, more than he should. But this isn't too long of a song, really, and it does have a few parts flowing through. I think it's about on around about the five-minute mark. And you mentioned that white noise before, and I love that riff underneath, that kind of chuggy riff that Kirk solos over, and then Kirk goes wild. Like, I think all of the guitar parts in The View are pretty stellar. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I kind of wonder, like, did they have this in the bag? Like, you know, Kirk had it on his phone before he lost it. And sure. then they then they used this for Lulu. Like, what could this have been on, like, a Metallica record? You know, I kind of think about that when I'm listening to Lulu songs. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the, the chorus of this could work as a Metallica chorus. Yeah, like, I think so. If you gave it some context and more of a cohesive yeah. point to be made, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you'd have to take the table out. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't think yeah. that would work. But the, but the melody and the charge, and, the, and it's quite a simple chorus, really, for Metallica. But I just like that I am, I am, that kind of, you know, edifying oneself. And, uh, you know, this song, I, tr- I did read the lyrics earlier. Uh, you know, I tried to read them as, like, a literature student and try and come up with some sort of idea about what they actually mean. Because there is a context of the play um, that I don't really know the story of. To be honest. As a podcaster, I should be a bit more diligent and, and learn that. But to me, the song feels more like about worshipping, you know, unlikely gods and that sort of stuff and there are references to the Ten Commandments and the Last Supper but it's just something for good or bad Kevin lyrically you just gotta let it wash over you you know absolutely because I kind of know the context of the play and what he was going for but this kind of sets outside of that a little bit except Mm -hmm. for maybe like we were talking about that line for worship of someone who actively despises you because the guy in the play is after this prostitute and falls oh, yes, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there are little bits of it that I can have a thread connect there, but overall, it seems like it's a little out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, and some lines kind of strike out, like, I want to see your suicide, and they kind of hang above, and they're a bit more tangible, and sometimes you're like, you can't really work out exactly what he's saying. Now, they have you know, unlike a lot of Lulu, this has been played live. Uh, it's been played live four times. So it basically became part of the Lulu media run when they were hitting all the European TV stations. So they played it first November 8th um, on the Jules Holland show. Myself and Joe Haddock have done a mini episode about Metallica on Jules Holland. So definitely go check that one out. We didn't really cover this performance. But then the next day they're in Paris, and then the day after that they were in Germany. And then uh, about a month later they played at the 30th anniversary shows as well. Have you caught any of these performances, Kevin? I have not. Uh, it would have been awesome to be at like a 30th anniversary show or something like that, but yeah. I have not caught this live. And I think The View was the first song they released off the album, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So yeah. that was probably why they chose it for that sort of little run there. Yeah, it makes sense. And I did just before we went on, uh, as I said, the thing that shot my girlfriend with the table, at the 30th anniversary shows, which, as anyone knows who have watched the 30th stuff online, um, there's that really annoying uh, watermark of Fother Mucker. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I hate that yeah. crap. <laughs> It's like, I'm it's like, what? why can I not enjoy this without? Yeah, I know. <laughs> when that thing is there. 
on one hand, I'm really grateful to the guy for doing it because because like absolutely you know, he covered everything. But yeah, he just blazing it on it, and it's like you know I I know whatever it's 2019. We're not kind of in that you know cutting stunts. Everything has to be a DVD kind of thing. But the boys really should bring out a 30th anniversary box set of like HD footage of all those performances. Right? What a legendary I'm set of shows! I'm surprised that it doesn't exist already. Yeah, because like. I when I got into Metallica and there was like that 30th anniversary show it's like is there a DVD can mm-hmm. I buy this somewhere but it's all pretty much on YouTube at various quality yeah it's just fava mucker that's all you've got you you want it on blu-ray and you want it, you know it's some sort of commemorative whatever but but yeah no it's not there but um but yeah th- th- crucially they play the view there and Lou is on stage with them and Lou almost seems I don't, I don't want to say senile, but he just, like, talks over James. Like, James, like, introducing it, and Lou's like, we shot a video of a guy called Black Swan. And it's like, okay. And then it kicks into the sleazy riff. And they give a really good performance. And Lou kind of plays along sometimes with mostly singing. His left hand's holding the fretboard. His right hand's kind of conducting of sorts, kind of elucidating some of the lyrics, like a maestro. Um, James is on cr- Cloud Nine. I don't know if you've seen any videos of them doing Lulu stuff, but James is just, like, riffing out. He loves it. Yeah, which is, I don't know why that seems odd to me. You know, good for him. I'm glad he's having a great time. I just, mm. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. Lou Reed isn't that no. way up there in my catalog, in my pantheon, I guess, to oh, understand. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely not. And But uh, great for him. I'm glad they had fun playing it because yeah. it seems like kind of a weird thing to have to go out there and play, especially, you know, with the critical reviews of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think I was reading recently that uh, Bowie had said that he thought it was one of Lou Reed's greatest ever works as well, and obviously... That, I that, read that as well, yeah, which yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah, that is crazy, but, um, you know, I think... Um, I'm not really a big Bowie cat, but I know him and Lou had worked together, and obviously Lou has some phenomenal records, Velvet and otherwise. Um, and, uh, yeah, they played it on that German show as well, which I watched, which was pretty cool, kind of more of the same thing. There is actually an official video that Lou mentioned before, which is shot in HQ, and it's but it's in black and white, and it's like this moody monochrome thing, so you can't really see the flags or anything. It's more meditative, um, you know. And when James sings "I Am the Table," the cameras like face onto him, and it's, it's kind of was like a kaleidoscope effect on him, and they're all maniacally headbanging and stuff like that. So clearly, like you said, like th- this is a song that I think Metallica thought, like, look, this is it's weird as fuck, but it's still got a lot of the ingredients that make you love the boys. Right. It's if you want to draw people into an experimental album like that, that's probably the song you're going to choose. And yeah, they did shoot a video. It's only like three minutes and 45 seconds or so. So they cut out some of it, probably the second pre-chorus or something. I didn't actually know which part it was. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's all very close up, black and white, very blurry. They blur out pretty much everybody's faces and kind of superimpose them over stuff. So it's a little... It's a little weird, but I think it's cool. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it's worth seeking out. Like, I, I had no clue until this afternoon that it was actually an official video. So, yeah, guys, definitely go and watch that. And there's still some cool Sonic things going on in the track as well. Uh, there's a moment towards the end where Lou says, like, your life of reason, I want you on the floor. And the song takes, like, a little break and almost like a Cthulhu-like gargle that Kirk wrenches up from the seafloor of the track. And, you know, I quite like that sound. And I agree with you. Like, I like kind of just Kirk's noise that he throws on top of it. But, um, you know, all in all, th- that is the view. We, we it, It's got choruses. It's got verses. It's got a bridge. You know, it's kind of an out-and-out song. I mean, any uh, any final thoughts on this track, Kevin? Nope. Tapped out on that one. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that's, our, that's our view on the view and um, as we always do guys we reach out to you and see what you thought about the songs uh, it's at Metallica Pod if you follow us on there and give us a little bit of a brief feedback there and we'll um, we'll get back to you I mean <laughs> I'm just looking now and the first thing that got commented was Ralph um, just sent a gif of a table which is very useful and, and, and very, very apt. But Ralph also gives a quick uh, review as well. Brace yourselves, he says. I'm about to say something positive about Lulu track. That slow chugging riff is actually pretty damn heavy, although it might overstate its welcome, much like Reed's demented poetry, most of which I dig because it's sick and twisted. I enjoy where the riff picks up speed. Hetfield taking over the lyrics is a plus and his delivery is killer. However, the bit about the table is somewhat puzzling. This song initially piqued my interest in the project. Too bad it didn't work out. Admire the effort, though, was a huge risk. Uh, Stephen from... Mat- <laughs> from uh, Metallajap, um just basically says uh, the album art is great uh, Luke says that one line though and Outlaw Torn just says I am the table I am the table so I mean most people still very fixated on the whole table aspect of the song Kevin well, what else can you fixate on? True. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's the riff and tables. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. And uh, guys, let us know what you think of this song. Uh, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. As I say, that is it for Lulu. Go back and check out all the other Lulu songs we've done. I mean, I, some of them I have really, really enjoyed, no doubt. And some of them I can't really remember, like Little Dog. But, you know, your stuff like uh, Junior Dad and um, Cheat on Me. It's one of them. It's like Frustration or Dragon is like 18 minutes long or something. Some of these are very, very indulgent. But, but yeah, uh, almost coming up to... Bloody hell, almost coming up to eight years now that Lulu's been out. It was released on November 1st. I'm recording this just at the end of September. So, um, yeah, guys, that was um, that was The View. We've not got too much to go yet. Uh, we've got about ten songs left on the show. Next week, we'll be tackling The Weight. Uh, then we'll be doing Vulturis, which is kind of like the new song, the live song. They never got put on any albums. Then Wasting My Hate, and we did it again. The song they did with Swizz Beats, and then We're Happy Family, the Ramones track, and then few more after that and then we're going to be concluded with the run um kevin anything yourself you'd like to promote or no man just a regular dude yep. just hanging out talking to you yeah no um pleasure as always go back and check out all the old kevin episodes that we've done as well and all the old lulu episodes i'm sure i'll put a compilation out soon um we've got some fun stuff coming up on the channel uh, i'm gonna slowly start beginning uh bigger biographical episodes so uh, i think i mentioned this before on the show i want to do like you know hour two hour like deep dives on these guys childhood and their origins and and their likes and tastes and whatever so um definitely go on there go into the youtube channel as well you know i don't normally put stuff on the metallica pod youtube channel anymore but um i uploaded two things yesterday uh i uploaded a video tour of the hardwired and early days exhibition that was metallica's pop-up london kind of Kerrang tie-in historical exhibition really really cool stuff there so I basically went round took loads of footage edited into like a four minute thing put anesthesia on the top uh, enjoy that and also my series The So What Files where I'm reviewing every issue of Metallica's magazine um, I put the third one up there I forgot to say it live ages ago that's been on Patreon for quite a while so um, yeah head on there go listen to Lulu follow us at Metallica Pod we'll see you next week Kevin thanks again thanks for having me on man anytime <laughs>